Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hey, this is Griffin McElroy. Cha-ching, cha-ching. This is wonderful. Cha-ching, cha-ching. Uh-oh, the d- donations are coming in so fast. I'm having trouble managing it. Why did they put me in charge of donations this year? I have no sort of business experience, and oh, God, baby, look at all these $5 bills. Oh, shit. Oh, I lost one. It went down the sewer. <laughs> I got to go down the sewer to get the $5 bill. No. Uh-oh, the alligator king. Oh, <laughs> oh, the, five, the $5 bill is mine. Here comes Rachel, though, and she's got a big sword. Get him, Rachel. Dun, da, da, dun. I've got a sword, and I'm killing the alligator. Stab him right in the fucking gut. And it's all worth oh, it for $5. It was for $5. I would have given it back if you just asked. Papa? No. <laughs> Don't look. So anyway, Rachel killed the alligator king to get your donation back. It's the Max Fun Drive. It's the Max Fun Drive. Hey, welcome to the Max Fun Drive. What is the Max Fun Drive, you might ask? Well, over the course of this episode, we're going to tell you all about it. But just to set things up here at the top, it's uh, we are a pledge-supported network. You, the listeners, can donate, and we, we ask you once a year during the Max Fun Drive to, if you listen to our shows or you listen to a bunch of Max Fun shows, uh, consider uh, donating some some bucks. If you, if you have the means and you like our stuff and you want to support us, this is the time to do it. Yeah, most uh, most platforms that offer you entertainment uh, ask for a monthly fee. And uh, we offer all this content to you for free. But if out of the goodness of your heart, you'd like to support our work, we would really appreciate it. And if you do so, first off, you help us to reach our goal of 25,000 new and upgrading members. Ooh. That is a big goal. Uh, <laughs> but you will also get some cool gifts like bonus content and a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. And uh, we're going to tell you more about that later. But uh, really, it, it, it means a lot to us if you would consider supporting us. We would really appreciate it this year for wonderful. It's our first year doing the Max Fun Drive as this new show after we stopped doing rose buddies um and so you sort of supporting us is a very direct way of saying like hey i don't mind that you don't do the thing that you started doing you basically did a big trick on me by switching things up (laughs) um no we 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 really appreciate it and you have helped turn this into a career for rachel and i and it it really means a lot and so maximumfund.org slash donate is the link and we will tell you more about the max fund drive later on in the episode but actually, can I tell you my first thing? Yes. Small wonders? I don't have one. I've got a mat that I stand on for the standing desk. I got a standing desk and <laughs> I have a mat and the mat has all this weird like topographical like shapes on it and you can like dance all around it and it kind of gives your feet a little rub while you stand up and do your dang work. And it's I was a nice skeptical friend. of the mat. But it feels Griffin, great. It feels fucking Griffin awesome. Griffin loves this mat. First thing is... Maximum fun. And this is not, yes, but I promise right now, this is not going to be an extended sort of ad campaign for the Max Fun Drive. We will be doing plenty of that later. But when I was thinking about good things that have had like a substantial impact on my life, there is nothing that qualifies, you know, nearly as much as as Maximum Fun does. Maybe our marriage and our child. Yes, those <laughs> those rank above. Um, but the max the being a, a member of the Maximum Fun podcasting network really has changed my life. And so here's uh, some some history. In 2009, I graduated from college at Marshall, and Travis and I moved away from Huntington, uh, me for the first time, to a town called Batavia, Ohio, which was about a 35 minute drive. Uh, from Cincinnati. It's a zero minute drive from the mall we lived immediately next door to. <laughs> I did a lot of eating at um, sort of bad 
of food fair. What are those called in malls? Food court? Food courts, not food fairs. Anyway, <laughs> I didn't know anybody in Batavia, and I knew very few folks in Cincy. Like, the only friends I ever made were through Travis's theater company that he worked at. And the at. mall food court. And the mall food court employees who knew me by name <laughs> and knew how I took my low main. Um, but even then, like, seeing the the friends I made through Travis's theater company, it entailed an hour of driving if I actually yeah. wanted to, like, go Man, out with rough. them. Why so, did you guys pick Batavia? It was just affordable? Yeah, we. I was broke. I, okay. had, I had no money at all. Um, and, and so as a result, like I had been, I lived for a year, just holed up in our apartment, um, eating ramen and riding around the clock for, for joystick where I was working at the time. Uh, I was a weekend editor and also a weekday editor. I was working <laughs> seven days a week, writing 180 posts a month. I was, I was writing nonstop and not socializing, not doing anything. And I had some occasional like good times with my brother and and his friends, but for the most part, it was a really strange and lonely year for me. Um, and because of that long drive that I had to take anytime I wanted to do anything but go to the mall, uh, I needed something to do in my car. And so I started listening to podcasts. Uh, I think it was Justin that recommended You Look Nice Today, which was my first podcast, and I got hooked on it immediately. I listened to the whole thing in a month. And one of their episodes was a live episode uh, titled The Monsters of Podcasting, uh, which was a live show uh, doubleheader that they did with Jordan Jesse Go. And after I listened to that episode, I got hooked on them, too, real hard. I was I was really fascinated by J.J. Go because I'd never really heard anything like it. This was back in 2009. Uh, the podcasting wasn't like a big thing yeah. really. And my only exposure to this kind of thing was radio where my dad worked. Um, but this felt so much more, and I know this is like a shitty way to describe something, but it felt so much more punk rock than radio yeah. did. But at the same time, it was so much warmer and so much more approachable than, than any radio show I'd ever heard. I, I, I loved it so much. Yeah. Um, and so with that in mind, we started doing Mabim Bam in April 2010. Uh, Justin and I had been doing the Joystick podcast for a while, and we wanted to do something with Travis and something that would sort of give us an excuse to all keep in touch every week. Uh, and I sort of started listening to more podcasts to kind of broaden my knowledge about the space, but I always listened to, to JJ Go back then. Um, I remember right after I moved to Chicago, this is kind of an embarrassing story to tell now, uh, but I went to a meetup where Jordan was supposed to be there and I was way too nervous to talk to oh him. Oh my God. I like couldn't talk to him. He like sat at the table where me and my friends were chatting and I like literally could not oh, muster up funny. the courage to speak to him. It is funny because I just recorded a guest episode of Jordan <laughs> yeah. Jesse Go last night that's going to be up. Uh, it should be up already, which was uh, a sort of a, a weird lifelong dream. Well, and fulfilled. also Jordan is like the most approachable. He's a human. very approachable dude, but I was starstruck. I was yeah. that bought in. And so, to my surprise, in January 2011, I was checking out groceries at Trader Joe's and just on my phone. And I saw an email in my inbox from Jesse asking if we would be interested in joining the Maximum Fund Network. And I'm not being hyperbolic when I say, like, it was a profound, yeah. unbelievable, life-changing moment for me. Because I'd been working at Joystick for a while, and Mabim Bam was doing okay, but we weren't, like, we weren't making any money off of yeah. it. We hadn't, the thought had not crossed our minds that it would be something we could do as a job. Um, and it, it just wasn't what I considered like a career path at the time. I had, I had no sense of direction in my career at all. I had no sense of direction really in my life. Uh, yeah. You weren't like, I'm going to be an entertainer. Right. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I also like didn't know that many folks in Chicago either. Cause I, and I was, I was pretty lonely there too. Yeah. And so here in this email that I was reading in the checkout line at Trader Joe's was some kind of like 
validation. It was like, it was an email that I saw some kind of like future in for the first time in my life. Um, and the rest is the rest is history. A few months later, uh, they came to Chicago, uh, Jordan and Jesse, and we did our first live show yeah. ever opening for JJ Go. And I thanked them like profusely for taking us on. And I think that Jesse was kind of in disbelief of how much their show had actually yeah. inspired us to do. He still what we talks do. about that sometimes. Like when when your show comes up, he kind of doesn't really believe that you guys were such big fans yeah. prior to joining. And, and now it's years later. We've been on the network for a long time, and we have a bunch of shows on the network. And I can't imagine what doing what I do anywhere else. I can't imagine yeah. doing anything other than 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 what we do. Um, and and it's the, the network is just so special. The shows that they've picked up, especially recently, like the efforts for inclusion and focusing on just outright sincerity yes. are so wonderful. Like our show is a pretty um, hyper laser focused version of that, where it's literally just us talking about things that we are yeah. genuinely enthusiastic about. Yeah. But there is a thread of that in every show. Oh, completely on the network. There, it is a it is a irony and cynicism free sort of. No, that's zone. how we fit. In so well i feel like right and and the community that has grown up around that i think reflects those values and it, it's unlike anything else that exists on the internet and i can speak on that pretty authoritatively because i've worked online for over a decade now and i've seen plenty of shit communities but max fun listeners and i'm not just saying this because we are about to ask you for for donations i truly and genuinely have always believed this max fun listeners are just way kinder and way more patient and way more supportive of the the creators they enjoy and each other than the average fan of anything else. Yeah. Um, I yeah, promise totally I, I should have done this bit like two weeks ago when we weren't doing the next fun <laughs> drive because this is my genuine and honest belief. And if you are a member of this, if, of this community and you, you're a fan of these shows and you con you stay in contact with other max fun fans, like, you know that I'm not talking out of my ass right now. Um, it's just, it's, it's a really, really special thing. And, yeah. I'm, I'm grateful for it because, like, obviously, it has changed my life and given me a a career in in entertainment that I never in my wildest dreams, as a very anxious, um, very awkward, very sad sort of like teen would have ever imagined that I could have. Um, but even divorced from that, from my own sort of personal feelings about the network, like it is this anomaly in in terms of online communities and this is a thing that is sort of a topic of conversation that is very hot right now as these things become not just like weird hobbies that you do when you sit down to dial into the world wide web but like a defining feature of human society there's this one outlier that is just like good there's just there's this recognition within the community of max fun listeners that everybody is just kind of this this dam against this like huge waterfall of emotion. And I just, I feel that with the Max Fun community that everybody is funny and smart and kind and just so ready to open their hearts at any, any one moment. And so every show you listen to on the Max Fun network, there's just this moment where I feel like the floodgates open, yeah. you know, and, and people bring their true selves to what they do. Uh, and it's, it's beautiful and you feel seen when you listen to Max Fun shows. Like you feel like you're a part of the conversation and that's not something you get in a lot of places. I like that. And on the other side, just like, let me say, like, it is a privilege to do yeah. this show and all the shows that we do for, for this community. It really, really means a lot. Yeah. I was and super psyched to, to join, you know, the McElroys, as, as most of our listeners know, have a lot of shows and I was kind of, 
the holdout for a while, but that was largely because I didn't really see myself as an entertainer. And when we got welcome to the network, it was, it was a huge confidence boost for me because I, um, didn't really think about doing anything like this. And I loved so many of the shows already. So I felt like, and you're killing it. I felt like I was in the club and you're killing the game. Thank you. What's your first thing? Oh my gosh. So I wanted to do something significant because it's a max fun drive. And this is supposed to be the time where we, we all bring our, our a game, our biggest and best stuff. So let me just turn on my computer. <laughs> Look at your little computer. I love it so much. My my small wonder is your small, Rachel has a MacBook and it's the tiniest, most barely there MacBook. It's so adorable. You having trouble accessing your files? Oh no, you've been counter hacked. Shit, we gotta get Sword. Somebody call Swordfish. I haven't seen Swordfish, but I think I it's about either. a guy named Swordfish and he goes around. He helps you get your files out of your tiny, tiny computer. I've bought you all the time I can buy you. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, see, here's the thing. I shut down my computer when I'm not using it. That I is think that's so charming. Bonkers. <laughs> okay. So I brought my very favorite musical artist for like the past 20 years. Uh, the albums Kid, of... Kid Rock. <laughs> 20 years i guess i guess that's possible it's possible when did he start probably about 20 years ago um i'm a real kid head <laughs> i'm a real kidder kidder would make more sense no it's kid head the community calls it oh sorry i should mention maximum fun listeners are great so are all the kid heads out there <laughs> you know who you are dirty cowboys um, <laughs> Oh my gosh, I kind of want to play with that for a while, but I'm going to let it go. Okay. Um, my favorite musical artist of the past 20 plus Insane years. Insane Posse. <laughs> <laughs> what if that one, though? I promise I'll let you do it, but can we also explore just the, the quick run of you being just a real hardcore juggalette? <laughs> Is that what the lady... I don't know. I just said it, and that might have been normative of me, but I like the turn of phrase a lot. Anyway, not ICP, not Kid Rock. But what's left? <laughs> big and rich. I mean, I could go. Fiona Apple. Hell yeah. Uh, I have been a huge Fiona Apple fan since title came out in 1996. Uh, Shadow Boxer was kind of my gateway yeah. into Fiona. Uh, she was 19 when that album came You're out. You're fucking kidding me. No. Is that when she did the whole This World is Bullshit? Yeah, so I was going to talk about that. Okay. So she wasn't 20 yet when she was nominated uh for a mtv video music award and she won it and this drives me crazy okay i'm a huge fan apple fan um so one the caveat yes she's 19 two what she was talking about which a lot of people don't realize is not saying like this whole world that we exist in is bullshit uh the actual quote is um it's a part of a larger speech when she received the awards, but she says, so what I want to say is um, everybody out there that's watching, everybody that's watching this world, this world is bullshit and you shouldn't model your life about what you think that we think is cool and what we're wearing and what we're saying and everything. Go with yourself. Fuck yeah. So like people, I think saw that as like, oh, this entitled teen wins this award and she has no appreciation. I think she recognizes as a teenager, this is a moment for me to speak to this community of women that are watching me and think like, I have to look exactly like her if I want to be successful. Yeah. I have to wear what she's wearing. And so, and doing that on, during the MTV Music Awards and not like the fucking Grammys yeah. or anything like that already feels so like, it feels like 
anti-anti-establishment. I know. In the way that, like, MTV was the hip, edgy thing that was, like, you know, fighting fighting back against the, the norm or, yeah. or whatever, but in a way sort of established its own norms. And then her yeah. whole deal is like, no, fuck that, too. She did win a Grammy that year uh, for Best Female Rock Vocal Performance uh, for Criminal, which yes. is also on that album. So each of her albums changes a little. And so it's kind of one of those artists where I usually have to listen a few times. Um, and she's only come out with four albums in the last 16 years. So uh, you really you have to be kind of a diehard fan to hang around for somebody sure. that's uh, hanging out that infrequently. Uh, the next album was Win the Pawn, which is a very long album. I will not read all of the part of it unless you want to hear it mm, that's okay okay is <laughs> if it's 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 i think the longest album title to ever chart oh um, no i do want to hear the name of the album then okay is it longer than the turning of the screw is tighter than the something something oh are something? you talking about the idler wheel yeah yeah, yeah. jesus I'm into it. I'm very into okay. it. You got to know, like, I, I've listened to enough Sufjan shit at this point okay. that you know I love a long, unwieldy song title. When the pawn hits the conflicts, he thinks like a king. What he knows throws the blows when he goes to the fight. And he'll win the whole thing, for he enters the ring. There's nobody to batter when your mind is your might. So when you go solo, you hold your own hand and remember that depth is the greatest of heights. And if you know where you stand, then you know where to land. And if you fall, it won't matter because you'll know that you're right. That's a name. That's the name of, of the, the album. album. I never knew <laughs> yeah. that. That is so choice. Damn, that's fucking it's a tasty. Great, I could see her writing that and feeling like kind of precious about it and thinking like, no, nah, I'm just going to do the whole thing. I'm just going to name it that. Just gonna do the whole thing, and then, and then that way they'll need like four pages just for the Billboard Top Twenty. Charts. When she she gave an interview about this album, and she said the album came from being made fun of after her first album, and then she said, and then of course it becomes a thing I'm being made fun of for after yeah. she puts that album title out. Um, the song I want to play off this album. What well, and which album? When the pond. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing it again. Uh, is I know. Uh, and it's just this beautiful song. I mean, she's she's a lot known for kind of angry girl music, which was kind of the thing that was happening at the time with like Alanis Morissette. Sure. And she kind of got lumped in with them. But she also did these kind of beautiful piano ballads. And the reason I like I Know so much, I mean, she's she obviously is very into wordplay, which I enjoy. But I Know is this really kind of sweet, mournful um, story about about being in love with somebody and not getting kind of the returned emotion that that you that you are hoping for, but kind of soldiering on anyway. Uh, so there's this beautiful part. The lyrics are, "And when the crowd becomes your burden, and you've early closed your curtains, I'll wait by the backstage door while you try to find the lines to speak your mind and pry it open, hoping for an encore." But if it gets too late for me to wait for you to find you love me and tell me so, it's okay. Don't need to say it. I know. Which I love. That's really I used beautiful. to love that because just this kind of unrequited love or, or just, you know, feeling this kind of confidence, this feeling that you have is important and, and there's value in that. Uh, so here's a little bit from that song I know. Suggestion I will ask no questions while I do my thing in the background, but all the 
next album that came out in 2005 was Extraordinary Machine. Hell yeah. This was the first album of hers I ever heard. Wow. I know, that's shameful. 2005. I know, but it's so good. It's very, very good. Uh, and so I was part of this group of people when the album wasn't coming out. There was this controversy that, that the label was holding the album and wouldn't release it. So all these people were sending apples to the album. Oh, that's good. Wearing these buttons that said Free Fiona. And, and it's good for them. It's good for them too, because hey, free apples. <laughs> uh, so she re-recorded the album over 2004 and 2005, and it was released again. And I actually, I, you can find if you're like sneaky, you can find the first album versus the the actual one that was released. Uh, so when the album eventually came out, it was actually three years after the original recording sessions had been, which kind of explains the gap a little bit. It's an it's another one of my favorites. It, it it took me a few listens because it's just a lot of it's very up tempo. Yeah. Uh so a song that I I wanted to play a little clip of uh is Better Version of Me, which she has this theme that kind of runs through a lot of her music probably because of how her career started of just kind of being the underdog or being a fighter or being somebody that is constantly pushing back against expectations and understandings of kind of who she is. Uh and so this album and this song in particular is a good example of that. Cue the clip up, Jerry. And then, okay, so finally, just very quickly, so her most recent album was 2012, was The Idler Wheel. The Idler Wheel what? (laughs) The Idler Wheel is wiser than the driver of the screw, and whipping cords will serve you more than ropes will ever do. A conservative title, if anything. A breeze, I think this one came out, and people are like, well, where's the rest of the title, Fiona? So given everything that happened with Extraordinary Machine, she started recording this album in secret. Uh, and didn't even apparently tell her label. And executives only found out she'd recorded an album when she presented it to them. That is <laughs> so badass. Is. Uh, so finally, this this album, again, to me, feels totally different than the previous ones. Uh, and I, in particular, just wanted to play a little clip from the song Hot Knife, uh, which is just such a jam. She did it with her sister. Uh, and it's them, them kind of layering their, their voices. Uh, and there's this great hook in it. Which is, uh, if I'm butter, if I'm butter, if I'm butter, then he's a hot knife. He makes my heart a cinema scope screen showing a dancing bird of paradise. It's just, she said, they just kind of bounce around on that for a while, and it feels very like 1940s inspired to yeah. me. Yeah. And I love it. Oh, here it is. He excites me. Must be like the Genesis rhythm. I get feisty whenever I'm with them. If I'm a butter, if I'm a butter, if I'm a butter, then. Should we tell the story of how we almost saw Fiona Apple here oh, in Austin? Yeah, well, but I mean, you can read about it. It's like part of her infamy now. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, that's I mean, too bad. Well, because she was pulled over. And she did have a lot of and that kind of stuff. And she went to the jail. It's such bullshit. Yeah, man. she had marijuana on her tour bus, got pulled over. Marijuana. Spent you, the night in jail. Co- are you a cop? Are you a cop that arrested her? <laughs> was supposed to be in Austin performing. Griffin and I were going to go see her. Had the tickets. I think it was a birthday present. Yikes. 
Yeah. I actually have seen her, though. I got to see her in Chicago. This uh, was before she was a wasteoid. After Extraordinary Machine. <clears throat> Are you a cop? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, that is my most favorite artist ever. Uh, her albums have always meant a lot to me. Yeah. Um, I think she's great. I feel bad for getting into her so late. Yeah, she's just kind of, she's a rebel. She's a poet, you know? She she kind of defies uh, categorization. Categorization. And cauterization. Um, yeah. If she gets a wound, she's like, leave it. <laughs> hey, could I steal you away? <laughs> can, can you do it this week? <laughs> I like that it's flirty. Who <laughs> is it? That's how I flirt. Um, well, when I flirted. But, um, you know, I just go out and hit up, hit up the clubs. What happened? so hot in your studio well you want me to turn the fan on i'll come in through the audio i can't no, do that i want perfect audio for but our it, perfect listeners thank you and it would go to the bars and i would be like mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're like are you ta- is that for me <laughs> it worked a lot hey the max fun drive is now <laughs> and it's happening uh this week and next week and during the max fun drive we ask you if you have the means and you are a fan of our shows and you feel like you want to support us this is the time for you to do so by going to max maximumfund.org slash donate it's real quick and real easy punch in your information you get to pick the shows that you listen to and when you do that you actually pick where your donation goes to and that's a huge like important step it's not like max fun takes the money and then sort of distributes it at will it goes directly where you want it to go um and that's a re and that's a really cool part of the process and then uh, if you donate at certain levels we are going to give you some cool gifts real cool real neat gifts let's start talking about these freaking gifts Please. If you donate at $5 a month to help us out, you are going to get a tra- a dragon's horde of exclusive bonus content. These are episodes that you can only listen to if you're a donor uh, to the network. We got uh, we have one episode that we put up this year that's just all submissions from listeners. It was a really fun recording. It was just us reading a ton of emails and then talking about yeah, our own of sort of personal connecting experience. to these these people we've never met before. It uh, was really neat talking about things they love and why we like them. I think when we did Rose Buddies, we have those still up there, and there's one where we did an interview with the only one for Rose Buddies. Oh yeah, I guess so. With Jasmine, the uh, uh, Bachelorette Canada from the season that we covered. Oh my gosh. For those of you that didn't listen to Rose Buddies, we uh, found access to a season of The Bachelorette that uh, takes place in Canada. And the show is just full of these real sweethearts who started following our podcast. And interacting uh, with it. Including the Bachelorette herself. So she was on our show. and We interviewed her. She is a, she's amazing. And uh, that was really fun. But we have, if if you listen to Bim Bam or Adventure Zone or any of those shows, we have tons of bonus content for those as well. Um, Yeah, I was listening, Griffin. You you guys have done Max Fun Drives for eight years. This is our eighth one, yeah. Eight Um, years of content on there. Yeah, it's really, really, it is a lot. So you get that at $5 a month. It's, It's all the bonus content throughout time that all the shows have ever done. It's like hundreds of hours. At $10 a month, you will get a drive-exclusive enamel pin designed by Megan Lynn Cott. Uh, there's brand new designs for every Max Fun show. You pick your favorite one and you get the pin for that show. Tell us about the pin for Wonderful. Oh it's- my gosh, it's so great. So every pin is kind of designed on the theme of the show it represents. Ours is a little 
little thing of french fries the little thing of french fries with a banner over it that says wonderful um and you wear this one and if you run into folks who know about the show they're like oh cool and if you run into folks who don't know about the show they'll be like yeah french fries are pretty great yeah exactly also at this level you get the every every level you go up you get all this stuff for the previous levels too so you'll also get the bonus content with this one at twenty dollars a month you get lovingly curated for you by max fun hosts a cookbook that uh, contains dozens of recipes from cocktails to desserts and everything in between. And you get a handsome set of space-themed cookie cutters. Hey, can I tell you something? I don't even think you know this. I put the chili recipe in that cookbook. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's so great. So if you want Rachel's chili recipe that we've talked about on the show before, go for it. I think it's in the cookbook. Justin put in uh, our mom's recipe for chess bars, which were oh, fucking incredible. That's, that's in there, great. too. There's a bunch. And then you get these neat cookie cutters, one of which looks like the Max Fun Rocket logo, which is cool. Um, and then $35 a month if you want to step it up that much. So you get a one liter juice craft be- beautifully and permanently engraved with the Max Fun Rocket logo, logo. It's not just for juice. It's taste good for tastefully displaying all beverages imaginable. Bud Light Lime. If you want to decant your BLL, <laughs> go for it. Uh, and you also get all the previous stuff, too. We're, we're, there's other higher levels also, but we understand that that is asking a lot of you. We really don't care how much you donate. We really, really, really don't. What really matters to us is that you show your support at all. If you're able to, and I totally, totally understand that there's folks who are not able to, please do not take this as us trying to guilt you into a donation. But if you have the means, any amount that you can donate, any level that you can give, it shows you're you're a fan of what we do and you're willing to support it, you know, in, in a way that kind of like means something. Not that your kind tweets and fan art and all that stuff doesn't mean something, but do- donating your hard earned money to say, I think that what you do is worthwhile is, well, yeah. is really meaningful. And, and you, you become kind of an investor in the show continuing and kind of the, the ongoing production of the show, which um is very much appreciated yeah and when you listen you get to know like i helped i helped to support that i am i'm a part of this thing uh so we're trying to get to twenty five thousand new and upgrading members help help us get there uh if you're already a member awesome thank you so much for uh, your your support if you're listening to more shows uh now from from when you established your donation in the previous years maybe think about uh, there's so many new shows there's so many great 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 shows on this great could really use your support yes absolutely um and yeah thank you all so much and do you want to know my second thing yes it's amusement parks. Just all of them? All amusement parks. And I'm being comprehensive here. Amusement parks, theme parks, water parks. That's interesting. The whole deal. You know this about me. You have to know this. Well, I know that you... you might not know this. Yeah, I know that you have enjoyed your time at many a park. Yes. I didn't know it came from kind of a deep... A deep love. A deep love for the park in general. Well, that might be because the last one we went to was Six Flags <laughs> Fiesta Texas, where I got my spine fucking <laughs> fused by all the old rickety, just sort of bone both, crushing. <laughs> we have very fond memories of amusement parks, and we had this idea that we were going to go and we're going to live like we once did. And we both have old bones old and old bodies, and, and it's difficult to uh, withstand some of those old wooden roller coasters when yeah i think my my wooden roller coaster days i think are well behind me metal ones i'll still fuck with you but anyway the idea behind amusement parks is just like pure concentrated joy right i find that idea 
so great. Like th- this is a place that you come to where everywhere you look, there are things that are engineered to make you happy. Yes. I think that is inherently pretty remarkable. Yes. Uh, and we've been chasing that idea for centuries, this concept behind like fun zones, you can trace back to like medieval pleasure gardens and fairs. Um, and in the late 19th century, we started to get like mechanical rides as people figured out how to make those. Uh, like the Carousel, which debuted at the World's Fair, as yeah. so many rides like that back then, which and, and the World's Fairs uh, across the world led to this propagation of the idea of like, hey, let's build some buck wild, super dangerous mechanical things. And so in 1920, the first roller coaster debuted at a British park called Dreamland Margate. And can you imagine it's 1920 and you see a roller coaster and you're like look at this fucking wild train the tracks are going everywhere it doesn't go anywhere it doesn't take you from one place to the other and the track seems very very yeah the courage it would take because now when i got on a roller coaster i kind of convinced myself this thing runs thousands of times a day i didn't read any news stories <laughs> news stories recently about somebody not making it yeah but if it was this brand was, new, yeah, this was 1920, and like, it was like, "What is that? Why it's would a, I get on that it's thing?" A roller coaster. I don't know. It looks pretty dangerous. Has it been in operation for a long time? No, dude. It's the first day. <laughs> get on board. Do you think this is what the song "Crazy Train's about that Ozzy Osbourne did? Probably. Anyway, today <laughs> roller coaster designs are. I feel like they've reached just unfathomable levels of like oh, am- yeah. ambition. Shit today is like designed to rip your soul from your body and then like return it after thirty <laughs> corkscrews. And they're um, so short too. Like they're shorter. The thrill. well, some of them are long, but oh, mostly. Really? Well, yeah. I mean, they can be designed. I think Son of the Beast came out uh, when I was. I mean, old enough to remember it to come out. This was in Kings Island, which had a wooden roller coaster called the Beast, and they're like, "What if we made a super wild roller coaster like these uh, metal?" roller coasters that are coming out that have these like mag launchers and all this shit, but we made it out of wood. Um, and also it's going to take you five minutes from start oh to finish gosh. and it's going, you're going to go through 40 <laughs> loops. It is like a, it is a novel of a roller coaster, but yeah, so most of the time. you're talking about loving amusement parks, yes. I feel like your main point of reference is Kings Island. Kings Island is definitely up there. I have a, I have a list of the best oh, okay. amusement parks. Um, but I used to be terrified. I used to be terrified of roller coasters. Yeah, like would not ride them. I would sit at the gate while my family rode them. I was just yeah. so scared. <laughs> And I know there's lots of people out there who still are, and that's totally cool. Yeah. I do not mean to sound like I am like excluding you. No, I was here. maybe 14 or 15 before I even. Well, even adults, enough. like there's some folks yeah. who's just like, this is not their jam, and I totally get that. But I, I did kind of get over this fear when I was like 14 or so, and then I felt like I had to make up for lost time. I also, and this is not a joke, I feel like playing Roller Coaster Tycoon made me appreciate oh those gosh, rides a lot more. Um, because it made me like kind of appreciate what a marvel of engineering a good roller coaster is. Like, not only does it have to work and work safely it has to be designed with like more abstract ideas in mind like pacing like it has to not completely overwhelm passengers it has to deliver new thrills that you've never seen on a roller coaster before right like each one has to be iterative in that sense but it has to do that while sort of respecting human physical limitations like it can't knock you the fuck out and I, I don't know. I yeah. think it's it's really, really hard to think of I, how you would even design something like that. And yet it is constantly happening. And I think that's kind of incredible. You know what I just thought about in this moment is that, you know, like when you're screaming on a roller coaster. Yeah. Like there's only so long your body can physically scream. Yeah, exactly. I wonder if they think about that when they're building. Yeah, like absolutely, for sure. Yeah. So, but it's not just the rides that I love at amusement parks. It's like the atmosphere, and that's not just limited to theme parks like Disneyland, where the atmosphere is like the thing. Although, if you're a huge Disney fan, I imagine like 
that's what makes the experience magical to you. There's just something about being in a place designed for human enjoyment and being surrounded by people who are all having sort of a remarkable special day like you are that just feels really nice. Um, and also it gives you an excuse to eat corn dogs for like the only time that you have. I know you like corn dogs. I don't, but if I'm at a theme park, I'll eat a corn dog oh. and be like, Oh yeah, these oh, are, yeah. these are hot dogs surrounded with muffins basically. And so I shouldn't nothing wrong with make that. you homemade corn dogs from scratch. No, for I'd, dinner. F- I'd fuck them up, but I, it would be like, I don't know why I'm fucking this up right now, but I'm super glad about it. <laughs> anyway, the best theme parks that I've ever been to okay. in three of them. In no particular order. Okay. Ocean Park in Hong Kong. Oh, Rachel yes. and I went to Hong Kong a couple yes. of years ago. We went to this place called Ocean Park. It's made up of two levels that are sort of connected by a train that runs through a mountain. So it's like sea level area. And that's like a big aquarium and a huge zoo um, filled with exhibits where you can like see a panda yes. or go in this huge underwater walkway and see tons and tons of, Get of real local sea life. Real close to that panda. Real close to the panda. And it's awe inspiring, but there's also this really cool emphasis on environmental preservation that is built into every single attraction. I remember there was a shark yeah. exhibit where you go and you're like, wow, look at all these sharks. This is crazy. And then the last third of the exhibit is like education about how sharks have been overhunted and stigmatized. And then at the end, there's like a list of resources where you can help out. And there's even like a little credit card swipe machine where you can make a donation to these preservation efforts. And that's in like every single attraction at the the lower part of the park. And then you ride a train through a mountain or you ride this um, like ropeway. And then you're on top of a cliffside where it's just a fuck ton of righteous roller coasters, yeah. including one that takes a bend off of the cliff. And yeah. there's nothing below between like you and the ocean hundreds of feet below. It is so sick. Uh, Kings Island, you mentioned earlier. Yes. And that was like my theme park growing up because it's the closest one to Huntington. It's in Columbus, Ohio. And back in the day, it was, uh, it was Paramount themed. I forget about that sometime, but it was Paramount's Kings Island. So there was like the Mission Impossible ride and the Tomb Raider ride. I've talked about Kings Island so much on podcasts recently. Um, and then the studio Paramount sold the park in 2006, but it's still like rocket and roll and they just changed the names of all the rides. Um, and what I've always loved about it is how, how like hyper focused on the attractions it is. It is not a huge amusement park, but there's so many dope rides just jam packed in it like the beast and the son of beast which is a spine killer but still very very fun and in vertigo and the vortex and flight of fear and just like all these great rides and the nephew of beast the nephew of beast second cousin of beast and then mr beast which was the reboot um little beastie which is uh, dog themed yeah it's a great it's a great park and like <laughs> there's so many really cool rides there in this kind of unassuming park in the middle of columbus ohio it's like a real thrill secret place and then my favorite was universal studios islands of adventure i don't know if you ever went to that i one. did and i went when i was older too i think my parents brought me when i was in high school maybe yeah uh, and it was so cool. It's so cool. So if, if you never went, it was, uh, I went in like the mid thousands. Um, and it was such a novel idea at the time. You start off in this like main port hub and it's connected to six different islands, each of which represents sort of different genres and time periods. So there was like a medieval themed, uh, island where you could watch a blacksmith making armor and then ride dueling dragons, which was the yes. coolest roller coaster ever where there were two trains, uh, suspended from two different rails that would like crisscross and like fly mm-hmm. towards each other at certain parts that's been discontinued sadly oh no Uh, but also like 
there the atmosphere and the food served in each island was different. You could get like mm-hmm. mutton in the yeah. in the adventure or the the medieval island. Um, so then there was like a Marvel Island with a like a super cool mag launcher Hulk themed yes, ride. I remember this. Um, and then there was a Jurassic Park Island with animatronic dinosaurs, and then a Toon Lagoon for the kids, and a couple others. And it's it, the park has changed a lot since then. Namely, uh, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter has opened yeah, up. Yeah, um, we need to get back there. I desperately want to go to it so so bad. But it, I don't know. I just thought it was so cool this idea that you cross a bridge and now you're in a completely different amusement park where the food is different and the look is different and the music's different and the rides are different like it mm-hmm. felt so awesome and even waiting in line like i remember with that dueling dragons um ride while you waited in line they like had these little environments you'd walk through to yeah. get you like hyped up yeah where they would the like t- teach you the lore of why these two dragons were fighting yes. so the harry potter park took that ride over for a bit but then it got shut down and it's going to be replaced with something else in 2019 so maybe mm-hmm. that'll be the time for us to go but uh yeah uh, also, I mentioned water parks earlier. Schlitterbahn owns Bones. Yes. That's all I got to say about that. What's your second thing? So I was reminded of my second thing this past weekend. Uh, we are trying to introduce our son to new foods. Yes. Uh, and one thing we tried this weekend, not a hit, but reminded me of my fonder times of SpaghettiOs. Really? I used to love SpaghettiOs. <gasps> I know. It's not a great choice. I also used to love bologna, and I'm not bringing bologna. <laughs> did you ever, oh, and I shudder to ask, did you ever combine the two into no. one horrible bowl? No, Griffin. <laughs> did you ever get creative, and maybe you watched a cooking show as a four-year-old, and you're like, I, I can do this. Bologna, SpaghettiO, same bowl, let's go. <laughs> oh, baby. Um, Yeah, I ate SpaghettiOs, specifically SpaghettiOs with meatballs, all the way through college, what? Um, yeah, it was like a comfort food for me. You know how some people grow up and they have like a dish that their parents used to make? <laughs> we weren't big cooks in my house, so my comfort food was SpaghettiOs. That, that's a lot of SpaghettiOs. Yes. Yeah. I mean, not like all the time, every day, or even every week. But every other day. But pretty twice, Twice every other day. So here's- Lunch and dinner on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Here's the thing that I enjoy about researching things you love is okay. that there's such a good history of SpaghettiOs. Uh, introduced in 1965 by the Campbell Soup Company under the Franco-American brand, the pasta was created uh, after a year-long internal study of the appropriate shape for a pasta dish that people could eat without making a mess. What? Mission <laughs> mission failed. Rejected shapes include cowboys, Native Americans. Spaghetti boys. Spaghetti boys? These are spaghetti boys. They got a big hat. Oh, you've dropped it. Cowboys, Native Americans, spacemen, stars, and sports shapes. <laughs> <laughs> a little tennis racket. Yeah. How did they? Well, how did they decide that O's were the cleanest shape? These slippery bastards! I can't get to do anything. I, I try to put. You it, can fit so many on a spoon. Yeah, that's not. That just inspires hubris. I can get. <laughs> I can get more O's. I can get more O's on this spoon. I can't. They're not. They're not. They're not. I wonder if they me. tried like squares and diamonds and rectangles, and they're like, no, it's got to be round. What about discs in the perfect shape of a teaspoon? And then you know you're just getting one. <laughs> I'm describing ravioli. Yeah, kind of. Spaghettios were introduced nationally without test marketing, with television. <laughs> <laughs> 
They were just like, we got it. We crushed it. You want to test market these? Nah, dude. It's O-shaped spaghetti with a sweet, sweet, We've sweet sauce. We've already spent a year picking this perfect shape. Yeah. We're done. Our budget is blown on Cowboy O's. So the television advertising used the tagline, the neat round spaghetti you can eat with a spoon. <laughs> okay. I'm just now thinking about it. You don't normally eat spaghetti with a spoon. So they're on to something there. You know what I love? I love the idea that they had a long piece of spaghetti and they're standing and they're looking at it and then somebody connects the two ends and they're all like, oh. <laughs> well, the fucking, uh, well, the fucking Space Odyssey music is playing. The <laughs> bah, bah. He's done it. This also is when Uh-Oh SpaghettiOs came out, sung by popular singer Jimmy Rogers. I must not be that popular. Sorry, James. Uh, loosely based on his 1950s song, Oh, Oh, I'm Falling in Love Again. <laughs> what, whoa, Wagettios. <laughs> it, was, it was right there. What are Wagettios? It just is everything, man. Whatever you want it to be. That's what Wagettios is. Uh, so I will say there was a small hiccup for Spaghettios. On, actually, on our wedding day, December 7th, 2013, Uh-oh. was the 72nd anniversary of Pearl Harbor Day. SpaghettiOs Twitter account posted a picture oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. <laughs> a picture of a smiling cartoon SpaghettiO holding a United States flag. Caption take a moment to remember hashtag Pearl Harbor with us. Shit. I wanted to mention that. Uh, oh SpaghettiOs. <laughs> it's so ridiculous it and egregious. It's not I, I didn't good. want people to think I was overlooking that. I am very aware of that. And yes, it is terrible. Okay. Um but yeah, so SpaghettiOs, you know, I think everybody probably has foods like this. I have to imagine. I know, for example, that you were a big cheese whiz in Bugle Lover. Yeah, but that's not its own sort of uh, product. I did love... Oh, sl- so you're saying your innovation makes right. it a more valuable contribution. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I think uh, for me... God, I probably have tons of this, like Slim Jims and Big League Chew. And yes, there you go. We all have our cross to bear. SpaghettiOs is least, was a meal. My, was a yes, meal. it was a healthy... Well, well balanced my problem has never been with the o itself it's that sauce which i'm pretty sure is just v8 that they kind of <laughs> dumped in there because if i gave you a plate of spaghetti with that sauce on it you would say what if why have you made the spaghetti so wet with this tomato <laughs> sort of water if they do they make a spaghettios thick have you seen that oh. in stores ever spaghettios thick you know they could because Campbell's has also created the chunky soup. Yeah. So they could do a get these two together. Give me the spaghettios. Spaghettios putinesca. Oh god. Don't know God that. That would be good as hell. Okay. Because I could eat that with a spoon. Oh, Cecil's here. Maybe he's not. He's just yelling at us from downstairs. Anyway, that is it. And uh, let's do some submissions that were sent in by some folks. Catherine says, NBC's Jesus Christ Superstar live in concert is wonderful. I was in a production of Jesus Christ Superstar. It has excellent music. Oh, can we watch that tonight? I would love to. I've heard it was actually very, very good. Yeah. And I watched a clip of uh, uh, John Legend playing Jesus, uh, singing the song that he sings on on, on Gethsemane. Uh, and it was so fucking good. And I, I, I was blown away that apparently it's... It's like, great, we've watched a lot of these live musicals and they have had varying degrees of success. Yes. I really liked Grease Live, but that's my sort of cross to bear, I guess. Um, ben says, I think golf carts are just wonderful. 
I work at a golf course during the summer, and I love hanging out with my friend Tim in the stylish, comfortable, and disconcertingly fast golf cart that we lovingly named Bill. I have a lot of wonderful memories from that golf course, but the one-on-one time I got to spend with the dude who had become one of my best friends is really special to me. That's really nice. Riding in golf carts with Tim. I love that movie. It's my favorite movie. I love a golf cart. I've only gone golfing a couple times. I was pretty bad at it, but I like driving around in this small car that it doesn't feel like you should be able to drive where you're driving it. You look at a golf course, you're like, wow, somebody spent a lot of time sort of managing that. I'm going to drive this small car onto it. (laughs) What's up? No. Um, Savannah says, I went fishing for the first time during spring break, and it was a wonderful experience. No fish were caught, unfortunately, and the worms used as bait were very gross, but driving out to a lake with my best friend and sitting next to the water was very nice and peaceful. Sort of a recurring theme in these submissions. Just going out on some vehicle with a friend, just kicking it. So nice. Um, I away from that television. From that devil TV and their (laughs) Pokemons. Um... (laughs) I had sort of a a more rural upbringing than most, not super rural. Huntington's still, you know, a city. But I went fishing many times when I was young and a teen and never caught one dang fish. Not even one little guy. Caught some crabs once in the ocean, but... uh, I've never been fishing. It is kind of chill. It is very sort of... I mean, I have sat in many a boat. I like that part. Yeah, and this is a smaller boat. If I had just put a pole in my hand... And you a could say string, you're, I could have said I've been fishing. Yeah, technically, if you're on a boat and you got a pole, and it's dangling a string in the water, yeah, you're fishing. There's a chance you might get a, a fish who's just like ready for it, man. Um, that's fishing, baby. That's how we do it. <laughs> uh, thank you all so much for listening to Wonderful. We're going to tell you one last time about the Max Fun Drive. Why don't you tell us about the Max Fun Drive? Uh, the Max Fun Drive is an opportunity. Uh, two weeks starting this week. Uh, to give to support your favorite programs on the MaxFun Network. I uh, encourage you to list as many programs uh, as you are a listener of because your contribution will go to each program that you support. Yep. It's MaximumFun.org slash donate is the link. Help us meet our goal of 25,000 new and upgrading members. Oh, and if you donate, tweet about it with the hashtag MaxFun. Yeah, and so that's M A K S K S S H K. Hashtag Max Fun Drive. We've seen a lot of people do that already, and it's always very exciting. Yeah, uh, we 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 can't tell you how much we appreciate all the support we've gotten over the years uh, through the other shows that that I do, and then for Rose Buddies, and then for Wonderful. And this is this is the best time of year for you to sort of uh, to 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 show your support, and we appreciate it. And we will be back next week. With another episode of Wonderful, going to keep the Max drive, Fun Drive running in the next week, and um, thank you all so much. How should we end? You're supposed to do Jerry's like doing a joke. Ow! I tried to do the pop noise. I hit my face really hard.
MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.